0: In the topsy-turvy world of Premier League football management, extreme situations call for extreme measures. Two disenfranchised bosses brought together by fate, desperation and an undying mutual determination to prove just how geordie they are. Steve Bruce and Alan Pardew are in the flat.
1: Well, you know, I'm absolutely delighted to finally settle down
0: find myself a place I can truly call home. On the quayside, absolutely." Steve Bruce, after sharing a Sunderland flat with Darren Bent for 18 months, Bent departed, leaving Bruce alone, frightened and fearing for his life.
1: Well, after Benty left it was tough, you know. I was up there all on my own. Anyone who knows the North East will tell you about the expectation levels. In the end, it's fair to say, I was hounded out of my own place in Sunderland. It's tough being a Geordie on Side, that's for sure. Yes, I got my backside kicked, but you've got to keep going. I had to find a place closer to home, amongst my own people. Absolutely.
0: Unfortunately for Steve, his penchant for signing overpriced strikers meant his dream of that quayside apartment may remain just that. A dream. A
1: Geordie dream. I'd been saving up, you know. Giving myself an opportunity to mix it with the big boys down there by the time. But, when Longy and Nikita became available... I had to act. Then there was Yannick Sagbo, you know. You're only as good as your strikers, that's for sure. I took Danny Graham on. I heard Fraser was also available, so I stuck a bid in for him. Then there was Ben Johnny an Asamoah, Then the boy Robbie Blake. It's undeniable how well these boys have done for me, that's for sure.
0: Steve hit rock bottom in his striker addiction. The straw that brought the camels back came in a form nobody could possibly imagine.
1: Well, when a boy like Bai comes onto the market, you have to act. The lad is a seasoned pro, a top-level striker, there's no doubt. And if you've ever seen the lad with his top off, when he comes out those showers, towel-draped, water beading from his flaxen locks, it's a
0: sight to behold, that's for sure. With no money left for rent, Steve was floundering. To cover costs, he needed a flatmate. But he didn't have to look far. A shed out the back of St James's Park, to be precise. Well... Mike's budget wouldn't stretch to uh, any decent permanent accommodation for me so I was living in the shed for about two years out the back of the ground and was struggling with no sleep and as a result I was tired when it came to match days uh, I had a back problem from the bed I was using which meant the results were starting to suffer. Grime Carr was trying to sort me out of place but you can only find reasonable digs out in France then I was in talks about moving in with Johan bay left and then we were straggling to find somewhere. I heard through the grapevine that Steve was straggling to find a flatmate so I suggested we club together and get ourselves a nice place. Obviously I was delighted when Alan stepped up to
1: the plate. Absolutely. He's a man after my own heart. He knows the pressures involved and what it's like up here. It's like a goldfish bowl. There's no doubt about that. But we true Geordies are stronger together. Make no mistake. We can't wait to get moved in. That's for sure.
0: A match made in heaven. Or is it? After just a few days together, the cracks are starting to show.
1: Ah, there we go. That looks fantastic. Pride of place. Where it deserves to be. No doubt about that.
0: Oi, Steve. What's all this racket I've been hearing about? I was trying to have a nap because I was tired from the moving in. What's that? A certificate?
1: Absolutely, Alan. My pride and joy. My 10th place finished certificate of achievement. My greatest achievement absolutely. Right above the fireplace, where it belongs.
0: Sorry Steve, but I'd already earmarked that mental piece from our Manager of the Year award. There we are. Sorry Steve, but the trophy is so big we were straggling to see your certificate. You're going to have to move it.
1: Well Alan, I'm outraged at such disrespect and insolence towards one of football's greatest achievements. I'm disgusted in fact. Once again I've been hounded out, that's for sure. You'll not hear the last of this.
0: Spurred on by rage and depression, Steve lapses into bad habits and makes a decision that could affect the dynamic of the flat. Forever. Oi Steve, where's the rent money? The jar's empty.
1: Sorry Alan, but after we're a little set too early I was uncontrollable rage. I had a bit of a relapse and splurged all the cash. I've bought another striker.
0: Oh Steve. We'll be straggling to pay the rent now. Who is it? Come on now, Alan. It was a great deal. Come on, Steve. Who is it?
1: Well, Alan, when a player of this quality comes available, you have to be interested. No doubt about it. Who is
0: it, Steve? Come on.
1: It's Trevor Benjamin, Alan.
0: Alan is furious. He doesn't know whether to be more angry about the fact Trevor Benjamin... ...is an early millennium niche football reference has been... ...or the fact that Newcastle still couldn't afford a player of that calibre on their meagre budget. Either way, Brucey and Pards need to find a way to pay that rent.
1: Well, there's only one thing for it. We're going to have to bring somebody else in to help us along.
0: But who, Steve? But who? Brucey and Pards' flatmate search begins in earnest. But who will be the first candidate... Join us next week to find out on the flat. Last week on the flat, Steve Bruce blew the rent on yet another average striker after taking exception to Alan Pardew's disregard for his 10th place certificate of achievement. Now Steve and Alan must acquire another flatmate to help him cover costs. Otherwise, the Geordie dream could be over before it even begins.
1: Well, Alan, it's time we had a good sit-down and a chat about who to bring in, you know. Now there's a few obvious options, if you ask me. Firstly, the boy Alex. He's always reliable, does a job.
0: Now, no, Steve, now.
1: What What do you mean? He's, he's great at sweeping up.
0: Now, Steve.
1: Well, okay. Uh, Well, second on my list is the lad Elmo, you know. I'd take him anywhere. He's a nailed-on candidate for the role, if you ask me. That's for sure.
0: I don't think so.
1: Well, the boy Myler.
0: No. After hours of talks, Alan finally comes up with a solution that they can both agree on. Well, he's a perfect candidate. He knows what it's like to live amongst the Jeweldy Nation. He knows what it's like to be struggling with the press. He knows what it's like to be tired from the the pressures of being manager of a club like Newcastle United. He knows what it's like to be abused by 52 fairs and screaming Geordies.
1: Absolutely, Alan. It can only be Big Sam. No doubt about it. That's for sure.
0: Alan and Steve propose the idea to Allardyce, who accepts a one-week trial stay at the flat. Sam knows he might be in the frame for the Sunderland job in a swap deal with the current incumbent, Gus Poyet. This is a great
1: opportunity for me to reacquaint myself with North East. I know how rough it can be at Newcastle, so I can empathise with Alan. At the same time, I can have a good chinwag over a couple of pints at gravy with
0: Steve about Sunderland. It's an ideal situation for me. Sam moves into the flat the very next day. However, it doesn't take long before Steve Bruce's striker fetish starts to grate on the meat-heavy Lancastrian. How many times, Steve? No, I will not sell Andy to you.
1: Come on, Sam, stop playing hard to get. I know you'll have a good transfer, just like the rest of us. You can have the boy Sagbo. He's a top lad. Never let you down. Sagbo, you must be kidding. How's he going to link up with big Kevin Nolan? No, no. Just wait for that offer to come in from Sunland, and I'll be taking the pair up them with me. I can always rely on Kev. But Sam, they'd hound any out for sure. Just look at me. Tenth place and I still didn't get the time. And he wouldn't go there anyway. Proud Geordie that he
0: is. He's right, Sam, and his places. Up there with the 64th there's and screaming Geordie's roaring us on to another mid table finish. Soft, they're and Andy and Kev will do as I say.
1: Trustworthy lads. Real men. Just how it should be. It's all gravy when it comes to me and my
0: signings. Just you wait and see. Well, as soon as you lose a derby up here, you'll be struggling. We was struggling. Pappis, Tails, Kolo, Maps, the Yoen, Tails, Yohan, The list is endless, Sam. They was struggling. They're unforgiving up here. You should know that.
1: He's right, Sam. Look at me, tenth place. You don't get a certificate like that for nothing, that's for sure. Ask anyone outside of Sunderland, and they respect the achievement, but not on Wayside, Sam. No, it's all five one there. The bitterness, the hatred. It just doesn't go away. They hound you out. Lose a Derby. You two lads really need a man up. I win them. Three nil at the lane, three on the trot. West
0: Stamp way, they know where they can stick that. They can boo all they want. say like a barrel full of gravy to me. I'll lap it up. No free news, Sam. Don't even mention the words round these parts, or season cards will be thrown at me. Horses will be punched. Willowell still has to keep over mine at times. He has the nightmares about Josie.
1: Josie, you see, Alan? Now there's a striker you can rely on. Sam, how much do you want for him? Surely you'll sell him. You're only as good as your strikers.
0: Stop talking about strikers. It's all right for some. I haven't got any. Pappis has got a calf problem. Showler's moving on, Lowick's abandoned us. Bloody hell,
1: lads, I'm not Harry Redknapp. Leave me to me gravy, will yous? All it is here is strikers and self-pity. A man like me, Sam Allardyce, can do without losers like you two. It's unedifying. I could have been Real Madrid manager and won the lot if my name was Allardyce. And here I am listening to you two meekly bemoaning your strikers and griefing your supporters. I mean, supporters what kind of man with any self-respect listens to that lot stupidest thing mike did was listen to them and sack me now he's lumbered with
0: you (laughs) you see a man struggling a man whose position you've been in and this is what you do i want you out i haven't got the power to get rid of you but if i asked mike nicely enough he might get graham to arrange a deal for me
1: Aye, you're not the man for us, Sam, that's for sure. You have to admire my 10th place achievement, not belittle it. I once had no strikers too, you know. Little Cess had to go up front. I still got 10th. 10th bloody place,
0: man. Embarrassing. I'm off, lads, and I'm taking me store with me. And as Sam leaves, with more suitcases than he came in with, all full of quality gravy granules, Steve and Alan are left without a flatmate. And most importantly to Steve, gravyless. The search continues, but who is next in line? Find out next week on The Flat. Last week on The Flat. The unsuccessful integration of Big Sam Allardyce leads Alan and Steve to continue their search for the right flatmate. Dig Sam's sheer arrogance was just too much for the Geordie twosome and he was unceremoniously dumped. Sam would argue he left with his pride intact. He certainly left with sacks and sacks of gravy. Now Steve is offering up a risky alternative.
1: You know Alan, maybe your man Sam was just too safe of an option. Sometimes you need to take a risk in this situation, otherwise we'll end up having our backsides kicked yet again, that's for sure.
0: But sometimes when you you take a risk on a maverick, you end up straggling and tired of dealing with the problems. Look at that him. I prefer to go with a safer option, a true Geordie gentleman, someone like Scholer.
1: Don't get me wrong, I love a striker as you well know, absolutely. But maybe we need to give someone with a bit of fire in the old belly, someone who needs a second chance, someone who knows all about the pressures of the northeast, especially over at Sunland. You know.
0: But who've you got in mind?
1: Let me make a few phone calls, because we fax machine is broken.
0: Steve makes the all-important call. When the door knocks, Alan can't believe the risk Steve has taken. That'll be him. I'll get it. Oh, no. Hello, Alan. Is it me, Apollo? In spite of Steve's delight at the flat's new acquisition, Alan remains unconvinced. Well, I'm struggling with the idea, to be honest. Obviously the first time we met we didn't get off to the best of starts when he gave me a slap round the chops. Then we lost the game because we was tired from the Thursday then playing on the Sunday and then we was having the injuries. He could have been a little more respectful of the situation. Plus, the carpenter in here look tired enough already. We can't be having him knee sliding around the place. We'll lose our deposit for a start. But it's not only Alan who was less than impressed. Paolo's early impressions are not good at all. I take a look around in here. Is it not good? You have the Steve. He is asleep until 11 in the morning. He is a sloth. The face looks like he's been stung by a thousand bees. And he has an allergic reaction. The diet is not good. The seven packets of the the sausage roll, bad for the body. With Paolo de Cano, but it is processed food and fat into his body? Paolo would not. I do not accept it. He's unprofessional. Don't even get me started on the condom and situation. But then there is Alan himself with the hair gel and a thin t-shirt in this weather in the north. He think he is a pretty boy when he should be concentration on being professional. He's always said to me, I am tired, I am struggling, is Apollo tired of struggling? Mm. Of course not. A proper diet and a proper rest is what is important. It's about a passion, a desire, a quality. If you don't have these things, then you cannot expect to achieve in life. In your job. No. 28 minutes later. And this is only beginning. You have to start now. And when an eagle swoop and catches the prey with talon for the purpose of feeding a family, then it drops the prey into the sea. The family starve. The eagle has failed itself. It has failed its family. The family die. Paolo always makes sure his talon is sharp. His wing span is great. His lung capacity is strong. Fourteen minutes later, and not one single person has any clue what Paolo is going on about. Is it difficult? Yes. Of course he's difficult. But Paolo would not accept the easy challenge. I change everything. After Paolo's 53-minute rant, even Steve is starting to have serious reservations about Paolo's tenure in the flat.
1: Well, you know, I've dealt with some of the world's top players. And as a result, your top egos, your doogrees, your jans... Not to mention your DJ Campbells of this world. But Paolo? Well, the lad is off the scale, that's for sure. I don't mind different personalities. The lad certainly brings that to the table. But I also believe in second chances. And I felt the boy deserved one. Especially after what happened down at Sunderland. And I can relate to that, no doubt about it. But the boy's gone too far. This morning, he's gone and turf
0: four packets of hobnobs, you know. I won't be having it. But nothing could prepare Steve for what would happen next. Alan... What in God names going on? I'm packing. We was being kicked out by Paolo. What? He can't be doing that. That's outside of his authority, no doubt about it. He says he wants ready. He's gonna bring in his own flatmates in, who understand his philosophy because we was straggling to get it. He's tired of us. It turns out that Paolo lost it after some unsavory dinner table antics, instigated by an unaware Steve Bruce. No and when you come out together? for dinner and you prepare a meal for everybody made with a love, with a passion, the desire and then Steve, he come in, he sit down he look at this salad, the quality ingredient then he retract his head, it's unacceptable I don't expect to be treated like a a Chef Ramsay or Oliver but this behavior is not professional it's time for evolution. Unbeknown to Paolo Steve has a plan to counter this so called revolution. Come on, Alan.
1: This is our place, no doubt about
0: it. You can't just
1: come in and change everything just like that. Absolutely. We won't be having it. I won't be hounded out again,
0: like I was down at Sunderland. I'm calling the landlord. Steve makes the call, and after an emergency meeting between himself, Alan, and the landlord, Paolo is unceremoniously dumped out of the flat after just five days. Is it typical? of the modern flatmate. The lack of the commitment, the desire, the passion, and the quality is unacceptable. They just want good enough to live in a flat with me. They do not understand the philosophy that the Paolo bring. Give me the time. I bring a success to the flat. I will be back but at a better flat with a better flatmate and the right philosophy. The whereabouts of Paolo De Canio are currently unknown. He truly believes he'll be given another chance in a top-quality flat somewhere else. The reality of the situation is that he'd probably have to move into a maisonette and Slough alone and begin to repair his reputation. As for Steve and Alan, the search for their elusive flatmate continues. Last week on The Flat, Paolo de Canio left a trail of destruction after a short stay in the property, leaving Alan and Steve scratching their heads once more. Surely it's time for a less volatile option.
1: Well, you know, obviously Paolo was a disaster. We hadn't expected the ego of the men to be so disruptive. We thought he might bring some personality to the place, well, that's for sure. But the clash of cultures was just too much, you know. We ended up getting our backsides kicked. We've had to have a rethink, and it's time for someone more genial to come into the fold. In my view, absolutely. Al and I had a long chat about it, and he agrees.
0: It was clear we were struggling with Paolo early doors. We thought we had the strongest possible candidate. But in the end, we was let down by the landlord, who didn't vet him properly. But we'll be trying our best to rectify the situation. Steve thinks he's found the perfect solution.
1: <laughs> Niall, how's it going?
0: Well, what a fantastic loan flat. Really, the... Pleasure to be here. What a wonderful moment this is for all of us. Look at Alan over there in the corner, sitting there having a fantastic time. Absolutely brilliant. Nice to see you, Niall. Absolutely phenomenal to see you again, Alan. It's such a fantastic situation to be in how you guys, you know. What a wonderful opportunity for us three to forge an understanding and bring some smiles to people's faces. It's a real thrill for those supporters. Look in there. They're having a fantastic time. What a wonderful, great day this is for us. What supporters? The fantastic travelling supporters there. Look at them. What a great day out for them. Having a wonderful time. Brilliant.
1: Sell down, Quinny lad. Let's have ourselves a cup of tea and eight or nine biscuits.
0: Tea? Biscuits? What a wonderful day this has turned out to be. Fantastic. Niall's overwhelming enthusiasm is in stark contrast to that of the hypercritical Decanio. Steve suggests the lad sit down for a game of Monopoly in order to break the ice.
1: You know? It's important to integrate the new lads. Without a doubt. There's nothing better than a good old fashioned game of Monopoly to do that in my view, that's for sure. Mind, I'm still a bit bitter about the time I had Park Lane and ended up being forced out by the boy Alex. He had Mayfair and we couldn't do the deal. In the end, I caved in. It's brutal up there sometimes, you know, to be handed out by your own flesh and blood. It's tough to take, but you move
0: on. The game begins. Niall declines the invitation to play, but is very keen to watch. And comment. We was struggling here. I was only given a chance to bring in two stations, and I had both utilities and I lost electric and water. Wasn't quite the same without it. I tried to bring in Vine Street, but we couldn't do the deal and I got stuck with Old Kent Road. Come
1: on, Alan, roll the dice.
0: Seven. That's a chance. Oh, what a chance this is for on here! A fantastic opportunity! It's a get out of jail free card. What an absolutely wonderful move that is. An incredible moment for Alan there. No doubt he'll be needing that later on. And Look at it. What it means to him. Look at his face. What a wonderful moment. He's having a fantastic time here. Ooh,
1: I'm in a spot of bother here, that's for sure. I've blown all my cash on average streets and haven't got a full set yet. Come on, Steve. Come on. Eleven community chest
0: there he goes look at the delight on his face as he passes go and collects his reward a
1: wonderful moment for him
0: fantastic
1: game on do you think you're getting a bit overexcited there now obviously you're a passionate man but both you and i know how quickly things can go pay shipped up here in the northeast especially over at Sundland. you've got to calm down
0: It's impossible not to get excited. What a fantastic day out it's been for those supporters over there. Look at them there. They're having a wonderful time down there. Look at their faces. Absolutely fantastic. A quick word, Steve. I think Niall is really struggling with his head. Maybe he's a bit tired from the week.
1: Well, you know, Alan, I think you're absolutely right. There's no doubt about that.
0: The lad has gone wrong. Who are these supporters he keeps mentioning? The only supporter I see around here are the 52 fairs and screaming Geordies. I know, Alan. He's
1: lost the plot, that's for sure. He's going to have to be moved on. We're certainly not the best at picking flatmates. We've got our backsides kicked, but we'll dust ourselves down and continue the search.
0: It falls on Steve to break the news to the big Irishman. Listen,
1: Niall, I take no pleasure in this, even though you caved in over at Sundland when I was hounded out. But we're going to have to ask you to go. It's just not working out as we'd hoped. I know what it's like to be booted out, as you well know. You did the booting. But you'll bounce back. Look at me. Look at the job I've done down at Hull. They don't know what they're missing up here now. But it's time for you to go. That's for sure.
0: Well, this has been a fantastic opportunity for me, but I failed to take it. No doubt when the next one comes along I'll grab it with both hands. I'll roll up my magic carpet and be on my way. Good luck.
1: Well, he's a lovely bloke. That's for sure.
0: Yeah... I'll oh, get on the fountain to grime car see if he can unearth us a gem. Otherwise we could be straggling for the rent.
1: I'll send a few faxes. We've got a few irons in the fire. Best to keep your powder dry, no doubt about it.
0: Once again, Alan and Steve fail to secure the right man for the job. Who will be next? Find out next week on The Flat. Last week on The Flat, an overenthusiastic enthusiastic Niall Quinn was too much for Alan and Steve and lasted just days. Now, not only are they struggling to find a flatmate, but they're struggling at their respective football clubs. With Newcastle United and Hull City battling relegation, the boys decide that they may as well kill two birds with one stone. The team from the Football League show might provide a long-term solution, both on and off the pitch. Welcome to the Football League Show Flat Hunt Edition, with me, Manish Bissin, and as always, Steve Claridge. Say hello, Steve. (laughs) Tonight we're down on the quayside in Newcastle, in what proves to be a fantastic flat hunt. Three blocks, three lifts, five bin rooms, 157 apartments across eight floors, means this week's show is unmissable. And of course, up at the prospective flat, we have Clem. Clem. Well, Manish... Here I am outside the flat of Newcastle United's Alan Pardew and Hull City's Steve Bruce, who have been living together for approximately a month. We'll be going inside the flat to find out about Steve's unusual pie storage formations and why Alan lies in his bed upside down. Thanks Clem. Any early thoughts Steve? The Football League show team head up to the flat to begin discussions with Alan and Steve
1: fern um, steve menish come in make yourselves at home you'll always be welcome in our place we're not the type to hound guests out that's for sure
0: what a great flat three bedrooms one bathroom one ensuite three reception rooms and of course as always I'd be delighted to be joined in my room by steve claridge we'll happily share the bed <coughs> <coughs> And I'm over here on the sofa with Alan Pardew. Now Alan, this is where I'll be staying. I've heard you quite partial to a night on the sofa yourself. Why don't you tell me all about that? Well, sometimes the bed can be a bit uncomfortable. You know I won't get a proper night's sleep, then I'm tired and straggling for the next day. Sometimes, if you have a bed night on the Thursday, they will be straggling to recover on the Sunday. I've even suffered a couple of injuries from the bed. I was struggling with a cough, I had a back and a neck one week and I wasn't available for the weekend. I know I can afford a better bed, sometimes I have to go with a sofa. Well I hope I won't be disturbed by you in the night, Alan. This is my domain, unless you're partial to a snuggle.
1: That's great banter, Clem, you know, exactly what we've been looking for. You've lifted the place already, that's for sure. I think this is going to be the ideal arrangement,
0: absolutely. Steve, Bruce is naturally delighted with the situation, as it gives him the chance to indulge in his greatest weakness, aside from sausage rolls.
1: Well, Steve, I'm so pleased you've chosen to come up to the flat, for a chat. You're looking well. You're a strong boy, and I could do with a lad of your stature and experience to accompany the other boys up front, that's for sure. Oh! What? What? I think you'd really work with the other 11 or 12 strikers we've got on our books, especially Nikitza and Shane. Absolutely. And now you boys are moving in, it frees up a bit of cash, you know. So I'd like to offer you a hefty signing on fee for your services and a six year deal at about fifty grand a week. <laughs> okay, well, maybe you'd like to sleep on it and we'll talk in the morning. You'd be an outstanding addition to the squad, no doubt about it.
0: Although we didn't think it was possible, an even more confused Claridge heads to bed and will over Steve's offer. The lads bed down for the evening. But Alan is in for a difficult night. Woah, what's that noise? I'm going to be tired and straggling in the morning without a proper sleep. Is is that a ghost? Last thing I need is a hunting on top of everything else. I'm going to be straggling tomorrow. I'm going to have to bring in some sort of paranormal expert on a budget. The Akoras of this world are just too expensive. I'm calling Grime Car in the morning. Until then, I'll have to sort it myself. Hello? Is there anybody there? <laughs> it appears the noises are coming from the bathroom. Alan goes to investigate. Who's in there? I'm coming in. <laughs> oh God! Oh out? Oh, it's you. Can you shut your noise, you stupid old striker? I'm trying to get some kip. I'll be straggling and tired tomorrow, and I might end up natting someone. I can't have that again, not after last time. After Alan's misunderstanding with Claridge, he's having doubts about the Football League show team's future in the flat. Although the incident was not paranormal, it was ultimately more disturbing than anything of that nature. With no sofa to sleep on, and the image of the former Leicester striker, Trousers around his ankles, fog roll in hand, wailing on that toilet forever emblazoned in his memory. It would be unlikely that Alan would ever sleep again. But as it turns out, he may not have to make the decision himself. Well, what a great flat visit that was. Two meals, three bathroom visits, one shower, and eight hours sleep. I'd like to thank Steve Claridge again for joining me as always. <gasps> Clem. Where will we be next week? Well, next week I'll be spending the night on a Z bed at Stan Turden's house and he'll be telling me all about his world famous mustard and matchstick collection. Whoa, boys, what's going
1: on here? I thought we'd found the perfect match. I can't believe you're going to stab me in the back already. Absolutely. We'll see you on the Football League show Flat Hunt next week. Bye for now. Well, I don't believe it. Not even a word of thanks from the lads. Let's be honest, I'd expect better. But, after the way I've been treated in my career, hounded out and what not, it leaves a bitter taste. We've got our backsides kicked once again. We're just desperate for a bit of luck, that's for sure. Alan, you're a burly. They've only done a runner. Unbelievable.
0: Out of the way, Steve. I've got my sofa back.
1: Ah, <sighs> it sticks in the throat like a stale pesty. Disgraceful.
0: Shut your noise. I'm tired.
1: Charming, that. Kick me when I'm down, why don't you? It's not new to me, let me tell you that.
0: Absolutely. Will Steve and Alan ever find the balance that they're looking for? Either way, it looks as though their days on the quayside are numbered. Is the Geordie dream about to die? Find out next week on The Flat. After being let down by the Football League show lads, Alan and Steve are left feeling increasingly desperate in their attempt to save the flat and salvage their Geordie dreams. Luckily, while sleeping on the sofa, Alan had plenty of time to catch up on his Sky Sports News viewing and amidst the hopeless prayers he might see Newcastle link with a new signing, he has an idea when a familiar face pops up on screen hanging out of a car window. Steve, uh, I know it's your dream to be amongst your people, but they're not mine. I've tried and I've tried to appease them. I've lit their collective 52,000 screaming backsides, but they won't listen. Even when they can see we're straggling worse than at Emmys is with his gut, they give us no sympathy. You've got to work on your addiction, Steve. You can't keep bidding for strikers. It's not healthy, and it's not helpful. Maybe you need to follow in the footsteps of the mother, Jody. Gaza and get some help. Maybe it's time to sell up. I know just the men who can do us a deal. Sorry to hear you feel like that, Alan. Absolutely
1: I am. For starters, you know you're only as good as your strikers. There's nothing wrong with wanting more of them. Better ones. You'll not get far in this league without girls, Alan. You should know that more than most. Without you, there's no flat though, that's for sure. And maybe I can work more on doing a deal for Ben Benjani if I'm in Hull more often. I know this is a glorious location, but who's going to offer us the money we need?
0: Harry, of course. He's always in that car of his talking to journos. I'll ring Joe up. He can put the phone up to any manager in the world, so we will get the message on Harry. Of course.
1: I've great admiration for the man, and you never know. If he heads up here, maybe there's a chance I can sign Bobby off him. He loves his strikers, and I've got Matty Fryer here to offer an exchange.
0: Absolutely. This is the best idea you've had since blaming everything on the Europa League. Delightful, Alan. The next day, Alan is sat in front of Sky Sports News with that mournful, bittersweet look of resignation on his face as Newcastle are yet again linked with nobody in the transfer market when that familiar face pops up on the screen again in an even more familiar location. Steve, put that biscuit down his ear. Harry, me old mucker. We thought you wasn't going to come. I heard nothing from Joe after I called him last night. No, Alan, it's terrific that you called. I've always
1: fancied investing up here. I couldn't text you to let you know because of me illiteracy and all that. And Joe was off on one at the end of the call. Something about when he won the league in Ghana and they made
0: him king. You know what he's like. All too well, Harry. But at least you're here. That's a mind thing. I need to get back in my roots.
1: <sighs> all right, Harry. Great to see you. Heard you looking to offload Bobby. Fancy a swap with us for Matty Fryard? He'll not let you down, that's for sure. I thought it was here about a flat. What's all this about, Alan? I've told you all before, I'm not a wheeler dealer.
0: Calm down, Harry. You, you know, Steve, he's got, well, he's got a thing for strikers, hasn't he? You should know this. It's why you blocked this phone. But uh, back to the matter in hand. What can you do for us, Harry?
1: Well, lads, I don't do deals, as you know. But I've been on to Tony before I came up here. And he said i got a cracking deal done with a landlord to get you out of contract. I've not been able to read the terms myself, but I trust the man. I must say, lads, it's a top, top flat. Even I wouldn't mind living up here. Well, well, I didn't think it'd be this emotional, but, well, it's me roots. And I'm not one to give up, and it's, well, leaving me bitterly disappointed. Just look at that cup run. We ran through brick walls to stay in there, beating just one Premier League side on our way to the final. And that was without Jelly and Longy. Well, at least I can say I've gone down fighting again. But, well, it hurts. Steve, don't talk about caps in front of Ellen. It's a sensitive subject. Since he took one of my old clubs, West Ham, to the Gerrard final, he's not been able to have a go since. They won't let him up here. It's not the new cars away. Neither of you managed to win it like I did anyway. Landlord tomorrow, Wrap the day up, now Tony sorted it, and I've got the man to move in.
0: The sun rises over the river Tyne, shining on Bruce's lamentable face. He spent all night staring out over his city, just like you can't trust a loan signing. You just can't trust renting.
1: Yes, well, it's sad to be uprooted once again, but I'll be back one day. I'll buy next time. It'll be better than another loan. I mean rental, that's for sure.
0: Don't be too down, Steve. Just think of the money you will left for strikers when you're back living at the KC rent-free. You can get them in for talks any hour of the day and night. Oh, watch Steve and Spendy? Fancy Nando's Well What's this? Stabbed in the back? Where's Harry? What you want about, Steve? He's off back down landing, isn't it? This is my new, what's it, tenant. He's hoping Alan may come in with a bid for me, you see. He's signed me up, but he wants me to move on again. Something about his Mrs. Sandra. I'm not having all that again. Well, at least Joe's not yet to scupper her chances this time. We almost had your dad's till he stepped in. I remembers it well. Graham followed you to niece. I know you wanted Nando's, but the yard rock had to do. You was happy. Joe takes you to Nando's Gets a chicken, cob and coleslaw order Then offers you less per week Than your last pair of trainers cost Poor I'll get on a blow and Mike If you're free we'll have a look-see You're a top pro, Daz With your future in front and behind you In and around the box
1: Well, this isn't quite being hounded out, but Talk about being stabbed in the back This hurts On my own turf, too Wanted to put roots down back in the homeland And now you're negotiating for the one that got away, Alan? I don't think so Benty, how about you come back with me to Hull? You can commute. Once bitten, twice shy, you know.
0: Bruv, this is my place now. Can you go and guess outside? You can both speak to me agent and whoever gets me in Nando's gets first dibs, all right? With the return of Benty, the Geordie dream has died. Will Alan Pardew ever be able to afford to live on his own? Or will Graham Carr have to find him an average, reasonably priced chalet in the door join? Will Steve Bruce ever cure his strike of addiction? Will he ever get over his time at Sunderland? Well, no, as it happens. But most importantly, will Steven Arn's pass ever cross again? Who knows? Their search for the Geordie dream continues.